Welcome to Your Truth Revealed, a video podcast that explores your hidden physical and mental health potential. I'm Erica Marcoux, and I share with you the power of self-knowledge. I interview industry professionals to talk about how you can be your own health expert. You're listening to episode 12, Know Your Food. This is the second part of an interview with Dr. Henry Nuss. We talk about the food we eat. One of the most important factors in overall health is the health of your digestive system. Henry Nuss is a PhD in nutritional sciences from the University of Texas at Austin. He is an assistant professor at the Louisiana State University Health Sciences Center in New Orleans. Something kind of interesting about fat tissue is that we were more or less born with the same number of fat cells that we're ever going to have. I've heard that. That's right. Our fat cells don't necessarily divide like other cells do. All they do is get bigger and smaller. Listen as we dive into the aspects of food that can lead to better health. Being here in New Orleans, had the most fantastic meal last night, had lobster bisque. It was an amazing experience. Couldn't sleep well last night. I uh, have had stomach issues this morning. <laughs> I don't feel well. <laughs> so it's it's hard, I'm assuming, for you to be living in New Orleans and eating healthy yourself. It is very hard. Yeah. You know, and I think the, one of the biggest problems we have here in New Orleans yeah. is when people come here like tourists and say, where should we eat? And that's such a hard question to answer because there are so many good places, not just a variety of places, but places that are very, very Phenomenal. good to eat. Now, the the downside is that we're kind of surrounded mm-hmm. uh, by energy-dense, nutrient-poor food that these restaurants sell. And it's butter, salt, and sugar. And I believe mm-hmm. earlier you referred to it as, as a bliss point. And I've never actually heard that term before, but I think there is definitely a, a certain amount of those three food uh, additives that you can put in food to make them taste better. You know, like here in New Orleans, anything that can be fried has been fried. <laughs> and you just fry it because it tastes better. I mean, uh-huh. people fry turkeys for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They don't bake them or smoke them. Um because it, it just tastes better. So if you try to go out to uh, any restaurant in New Orleans that you know has a four-star rating and, and is, is recommended by everyone, mm-hmm. be very hard-pressed to find something on the menu that uh, isn't high-calorie, high-fat. Well, and they're all competing against each other. And if... Yeah. If nutrition is not necessarily the point of it, it's no. having that bliss point. The point of it is making of money. And that point of making money, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I think uh, for anyone who's considering visiting New Orleans, uh, you might want to just put your healthy habits on hold for a while and indulge. <laughs> and because indulge. We, we can accommodate those desires. Right. <laughs> that's what the city's known for. <laughs> the city of sin. Correct. Right. <laughs> Energy-dense, nutrient-poor. Those are foods that give you a lot of calories, but relatively nothing else in terms of mm-hmm. protein, vitamins, minerals. The issue there is that we're eating those kinds of foods more often than we should be. It's replacing the uh, calorie allotment that we have so that when all is said and done, we've got our allotment of calories for the day, but relatively little to show for it nutrient-wise. Mm-hmm. So our bodies are now kind of 
starving for the, the good nutrients, in the meantime, depositing all that excess calories in, in our adipose tissue. And something kind of interesting about fat tissue is that we were more or less born with the same number of fat cells that we're ever going to have. I've heard that. That's right. Our fat cells don't necessarily divide like other cells do. All they do is get bigger and smaller. That's it. When those cells get bigger, obviously we're adding to our fat stores. And if we're not compensating by increasing our energy expenditure mm-hmm. or reducing the amount of energy-dense, nutrient-poor foods and replacing them with nutrient-dense, energy-poor foods, Mm -hmm. um, that process will just continue. Continue. Well, I read a statistic that said, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the average person eats 152 pounds of sugar Mm -hmm. and other sweeteners and 75 pounds of added fats and oils, such as salad dressing, cooking oil, frying fat, and butter every year. Yeah. I've heard that the same statistic, and I can't say for sure that's exactly right, mm-hmm. but I'm sure the actual numbers aren't that far off. Uh, a lot of that comes in the forms of additives that are already in foods that, you know, we're not sitting there adding sugar and salt and fat to what we eat. A lot of it is, is presented to us with those things already in there, particularly processed mm-hmm. foods, uh, pre-prepared meals and, and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So we may not consciously be aware that we're eating that much, but we really are. That's why I always recommend to people to look at food labels. They're there for a reason. They are Thank informative. Yeah. Yes. Most, most people don't, or they'll mm-hmm. glance at them and say, oh, 500 calories, no problem. And they eat the whole container, but the way they don't realize it's per serving. Yeah. There might be three or four servings in the box or the container, and they've just eaten four times as much as they thought they were. <laughs> so it's easy to consume more. It, it's very easy. Yeah. And, and so often we, we overconsume more than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And in you know some of the studies that I do, we ask people about their diets and what they report. <laughs> and everyone under reports. Everyone right. thinks they're eating much less than what they actually do. Yeah. And then we can go back and show through empirical evidence that Hey, you, did you realize you actually ate way more than you thought? And mm-hmm. everyone is dumbfounded. Everyone is, is gobsmacked. They're just wow. like, no, I had no idea. You know, we have various ways of doing that. We, we can take pictures of plates of food before and after and, and show them. We can weigh them and, and measure the waste. Wow. And in every case, people are underreporting. And there are new apps that you can use on your phone, like Lose It, mm-hmm. where you can track your calories but then again the information that you're putting into your phone you still have to have your thinking cap on because again you can easily say oh yeah it's 500 calories but it's actually twice that because you didn't look at the survey yeah i i always recommend people go home buy some measuring cups and spoons okay and practice measuring out amounts and just to see what that looks like Mm -hmm. when most people think uh, a cup of milk they probably don't know exactly how much. <laughs> right. But if you measure it out the amount, you say, oh, okay, now I know what that amount looks like in physical form. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of a, a curious question I have is if you were in a grocery store and you are picking out your food, what guidelines might you give our listeners? Yeah, I hear a lot of 
tips about grocery shopping mm-hmm. or, or here in New Orleans, we say making groceries. Making groceries. Is to stay on the edges of the periphery of the grocery store because they put most of the processed foods in the center, in the aisles where they hope you'll get lost. And they force you, channel you to walk down these long, long, long aisles of all kinds of brightly colored packages uh, of foods. They put the pretty colors at eye level of a five or six year old because Ah. they know the kids will see that and grab it and throw it in the basket. Mm -hmm. But on the outside, you have typically the produce and and the dairy and and things like that. So that's usually where I start. And I try to fill up my cart as much as I can with vegetables and fruit and make it to the middle of the aisles as infrequently as possible. Okay. So sometimes I can just avoid it altogether because there's really nothing in there that I need to have. Mm -hmm. I don't need frozen pizza. Right. Uh, I don't need um, cocoa puffs, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And those are all the things that are in the center. And those are all the things that are not as good for us than the other stuff. One of the problems that we face, though, is that all that stuff in the middle is cheaper than the stuff on the outside. Mm -hmm. If your budget is, let's say, $100 for the week or the month mm-hmm. you want to make the most of that your fruit and vegetables you're not going to be able to fill up your cart as quickly as you could right. as if you went and bought a hundred dollars worth of, of processed right. foods now if you have eight people at home that you need to feed and you put down you know 12 apples or a hundred boxes of mac and cheese which one do you think is going to last longer well, the mac and cheese right. and, and the fruits and vegetables are perishable. So Correct. are the fresh very, meats very and short, fish. Uh, and, shelf life. Yeah. yeah. It means more planning. It means you need more money to pay for it. You need to go more frequently. Yes. So I can imagine, you know, with busy families that gravitating towards the mac and cheese is just so appealing, even though it's not really what's best for ourselves or our it kids. is and, and you know i i think most busy families only make one to two grocery trips per month okay in, in many cases um sometimes we'll go late at night because we're out of milk or something right. like that but that's about it yeah. yeah so that's why stores like costco do so well yeah <laughs> we have one here in, toilet in, paper <laughs> <laughs> the non-perishables like you said you you really should have like a weekly meal plan mm-hmm. for what you're going to eat and you know exactly what to get because I think a lot of times what people do is they buy a lot of vegetables and fruits with the intention to eat them but they don't really work them into their their schedule right. you know their meal plan and they sit there and they go bad and they throw mm-hmm. them away mm-hmm. that you know, happens a lot at our house ours yeah. too and a lot of it is because of our kids taste preferences change and all of a sudden they're not liking this anymore and, yes and so oh, well we good thing we just bought a hundred bananas <laughs> <laughs> that you're not gonna eat that we're not gonna eat there is food addiction mm. and it really is a biochemical issue can you give insight into that yeah in the past years that concept has really gained a lot of traction now mm-hmm. it's c- clinically proved that we can become addicted to food it's very similar to the way we can become addicted to drugs like yeah. methamphetamine or uh, cocaine or heroin. And mm-hmm. in some cases, these addictions are shown to be just as strong. They've done rodent studies where you know they give a choice to a rodent between cocaine and high fructose corn syrup. 
and in some cases they prefer the high fructose corn syrup over cocaine. Wow. Uh, yeah, and they've done scans of brain images so like uh, before and after meals. Scans or PET scans. And they light up the same way as uh-huh. as though someone's getting a you know a dose of a narcotic. It's a very powerful thing, wow. and it's becoming now more uh, mainstream in the medical field and, and public health as well. And it's, it's recognized now as a, a real issue that is very real for a lot of people. Because we keep upping the ante with this bliss point that we talked about, which sells, so it becomes an economic issue. When we're eating nutrient-rich foods that don't have all these additives in it, it can taste pretty bland (laughs) compared to what we've done with our food, especially in restaurants and adding sugar. Right. And that's more true if you were eating the energy dense foods and then tried to switch to the nutrient dense foods. Yeah. Because you're used to having that, that burst of pleasure, that deliciousness, Mm -hmm. and then you go to the unsalted version or the low fat version or the non-fat version and it tastes pretty bland. So the trick is not eat those energy dense foods in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get addicted in the first place. Right. I've known families, they teach their children to eat very healthy and they think fruit is delicious. They think vegetables are delicious. And I've I've seen other families where kids wrinkle their nose and say, oh, I I couldn't stand eating an orange or an apple. It depends on how you're raised, what you train your body and your mind to enjoy. You don't have to drown everything in ranch dressing for it to taste good. organically grown produce from my perspective Mm -hmm. just tastes better i'm not a huge fan of carrots but my husband gardened and created the most amazing carrots i was like if every carrot tasted like that i'd be eating this constantly it's it's very true i've I've been um in other countries i think i was in finland and I, i went to a grocery store there and they had the same kind of produce as we see here in the states for the most part Mm -hmm. but everything was small Oh. And, you know, you'd have like an apple that big or or a plum that big. And, you know, I said, what are they growing miniature food here? (laughs) (laughs) Then I realized that's the normal size of these things. It's just, it's not genetically modified. (laughs) So we've made everything bigger, bigger and better. Bigger and better and longer shelf life and sacrifice taste. You know, how many times have you been to a grocery store recently, Mm -hmm. bought a tomato, went home and ate it, and it tasted roughly like paper? Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, it it just looks like a tomato. Mm -hmm. Goodness. (laughs) It's not really a tomato. We need to go back to growing our own food in our backyard if we can. Yes, yes. I I think that's good because it makes you more mindful of what you're eating. Mm -hmm. Well, and you enjoy the whole process, getting pleasure from gardening, creating your own food. Seeing the whole process and and being more mindful of that whole experience. And you become more appreciative of the food that you have. Absolutely. You know, if you spend a lot of blood, sweat, and tears making that corn grow, Mm -hmm. you're going to eat that corn. You're not going to let it go to waste. Whereas if you just go to Costco and buy four pounds of corn for $2, you're not going to be so sad if it goes bad. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'll get around to it. It's that investment. Dieting seems to be difficult for most people. Can you give any tidbits or any insight into dieting? First off is, what's your goal? Okay. Why do you want to diet? Sometimes we have other health issues that force us to follow a certain diet. But for the most part, I think what we're more concerned about here, at least in the United States, is weight loss. Mm -hmm. We have a third of 
people in the United States who have obesity. So that's one in three people. Many of the diets that I see popping up are fad diets. Essentially, it promises you that you're going to lose a lot of weight really quickly and you're going to love all the food that you can eat. You'd be surprised what you can eat. People start out on them. They start to lose weight. They think it's the greatest thing. And then six months later, they're back to where they were or maybe now they've added on weight because they couldn't maintain that diet because they're usually very restrictive. And they don't allow uh, people to eat a variety of foods in moderation. Losing weight, I know, is a very, very hard thing to do, especially if you're not consciously aware of what you're eating or food is an afterthought. You don't give it much attention. What I try to recommend to people is find a diet that works for you, meaning that you like it, you can stay on it, and you're not struggling Do things on a smaller scale. Try to take baby steps. The recommendation for any kind of diet, if weight loss is your goal, is a modest weight loss rate Mm -hmm. of about one to two pounds per week to take it easy. Give your body time to adjust your taste preferences. You know, try experimenting with new kinds of foods. It's just not easy. It it does suck, right? Okay. (laughs) Let's just say that. But if you consider the health benefits far outweigh the inconvenience, you know, I think more doctors need to be focusing on dietary behaviors and lifestyles uh, for individuals that have medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Our doctors, um, no offense to any physicians out there, but they say, well, you need to reduce your sodium intake. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. How do I do that? Right. Uh, or, you know, you need to stop eating so much. How do I do that? So giving people more practical advice about Mm -hmm, that is, mm -hmm. I think, uh, part of the process. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Are you going to have more lobster bisque before you leave? No, I'm done. (laughs) That's that's a done deal. But there's still fried oyster pufflers and uh, gumbo and boiled crawfish. And don't forget the uh, hurricanes. That's right. Pat O'Brien's. I think about all the artificial sweeteners and hurricanes and dyes. Don't don't think. Yeah, don't Don't think. think. Just consume. (gasps) Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it was my pleasure. I had a lot of fun. Good, good. Speaking of food, it's important to balance your gut health. Our featured product for this episode is Restore by Biomic Sciences Company. This supplement helps to beneficially shift the bacteria of the large intestine. Restore is a soil-derived supplement. It goes beyond probiotics and can relieve digestive discomfort. Go to your truthrevealed.com store and use promo code TRUTH for a 20% discount. Welcome to the bonus segment of my video podcast. This is where I answer your questions. And some of you have asked, isn't being overweight the real problem with eating poor nutrient food? And my answer is not necessarily. As Dr. Nuss and I discuss, eating too much of the wrong food can cause inflammation in your gut and in your brain. That inflammation can alter your biochemistry. It can even cause you to feel anxious and depressed. And here's how it happens. Most processed and restaurant foods contain sugar, salt, and fat. And when these are added to natural foods, it can cause an overload. And this combination creates a bliss point that can feel euphoric. 
A French fry binge is like a morphine injection and can light up the same part of your brain in a PET scan. Along with food addiction, eating these foods can increase the toxic load in your body that cause inflammation. Your brain tries to adapt to whatever you eat. Eat more sugar, your brain finds a new equilibrium. This is called neuroadaptation. The way that food is processed is simply too strong for us. And according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the average person eats 152 pounds of sugar and 75 pounds of added fats every year. Now let that sink in a bit. Here's the good news. While some foods are toxic, healthy food can be your solution. And I'm a huge fan of Dr. Kulreet Shadari's book called The Prime. She says, Food is medicine, and your body's health is a result of the different habits you have. There are ways to cleanse your body and change your eating habits. It's worth it to feel happier and healthier. For more learning, download your free worksheet on my website, yourtruthrevealed.com. Please subscribe and add a rating and review at Your Truth Revealed on Apple iTunes. There are also great resources in the show notes. Tune in for episode 13. I explore knowing your pain with physical therapist Rachel Palmer. Nerves are very temperamental. So if anything is poking or prodding on them, they will let you know. Okay. And they'll let you know right away. Yeah. I'm Erica Marcoux. Thanks for listening. <laughs>